Welcome back to the AIM podcast. Today we sit down with special guest, founder and CEO of Momentous Supplements, Jeff Byers. Jeff is a former college and professional football player, and he talks about his transition from being an athlete to leading one of the fastest growing supplement companies in the industry. He is very, very obsessed with human optimization and performance, and he talks about the importance of both of those things in this conversation. He also talks about his favorite supplement stack and some exciting insights on studies that are being done right now about some new products that they have they are working on and they are finding better and better research by the day. You guys are going to really find this conversation fascinating and you'll learn a ton. But before we dive in, guys, if you have not tried Powerlift, you need to stop what you're doing right now and you go check out the link in the show notes. I'm telling you right now, I am obsessed with this drink. I drink at least two of these per day during my workouts. Training for Project 7 has been a ton of fun, but it's very, very intense. There's a ton of sweat. There's a ton of muscular fatigue, and so I have to make sure I stay hydrated. Also, it hits my protein intake goals by giving me 10 grams of protein per bottle, which is crazy. And honestly, the best part about it is it really does taste amazing. There's four flavors, I believe. I like them all. I really don't even have a favorite because I'll drink whatever whatever one I grab out of the fridge. But you guys need to check them out. Also wanted to make sure that our team and our community here with AIM gets hooked up. So if you use code DELKS20 at checkout or click the link in the show notes, you will get a 20% off discount on your first order. Guys, I'm telling you right now, trust me, check it out. It is one of the best drinks I've ever had. So let's dive right into this episode. Without further ado, Jeff Byers. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the AIM podcast. Yeah, man. I'm super stoked to be here. And uh, Doug, been been awesome to get to know you and be should be a fun conversation. Dude, I'm I'm excited. You are um just incredibly um successful in terms of what you're building, but also just the person you are. I really enjoyed hearing you speak at HBLT in Denver earlier this year. Um, Brian Mazza puts on great events and getting to connect with you and, and hear you just talk about not only what you guys are doing with Momentus, which is exciting and I know we'll cover, but just your overall story with, with, you know, your background in sports and obviously stepping into business. It's super interesting and I'm really excited for our community here at AIM to hear more about you and all the cool things you're up to. Awesome. Yeah, let's go. Before we dive into that, man, I have to ask you, I know the the Panthers aren't off to maybe the best start this season is that uh is that something you miss or what are your thoughts on that <laughs> yeah i'm i'm like the worst football fan ever just from right? like everybody don't i play in the nfl uh, uh many moons ago it feels like but i'm not a great fan and don't really root for anybody i have like a couple like a couple friends now that are uh are still playing or working in the nfl and so i root for my buddies uh more than anything uh but no uh I'm guessing that means probably the Panthers are 0 2 right now. Uh, if if you're asking like off to a rough start, um, so yeah, that uh, anyways, NFL is a strange like strange beast because you can go 0 2 and they could win the Super Bowl, right? Like whereas in like college football, cool, you're done, right? Uh, right. You, oh, once you're 0 2, it's like well, we're just playing to get in the bowl game. Um, sure. But uh, but yeah, anyways, it's. Uh, it's a NFL is a cool place because you, they could turn it around or they could go in 16. That's you never know. So do you miss playing football at all, whether it be your collegiate time or your time in the pros? Yeah, I think, I think the thing that you, that I, uh, I mean, part of why I started a company and I'm leading a company is it's very similar to what I realize, um, what, what football was for me or what pro sports or elite pro sports was, but I do really like, Right. Like there's the routine of sports is is really, really amazing. Um, and at elite level, like just like this constant cycle and in the locker room is such a unique place. It's it's unreplicable and and shouldn't be replicated anywhere else uh, because it's not like it doesn't won't work in other places, uh, but it's a really special environment as well. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. I, I played college basketball and. Um, didn't, I didn't, I didn't have the opportunity to play professionally, but I just, that was the biggest thing I missed was the, the relationships with the guys, the locker room, the trips, traveling, going to games. Like it was just, those were the moments that you look back and you're like, man, those were really special. Um, and just building those relationships for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's so fun. How do you, how do you currently train now? I want to, obviously I want to dive into the business, but I'm just super curious. Are you, oh. 
Because you're a cyclist, right? You you like to ride bikes and stuff? I do like to ride bikes. I've rode my bike hardly at all this year. Um, <laughs> cycling takes a ton of time. Like, I'm not a cyclist. Uh, like, I'm just an athlete. I, I don't even say that. I just like to train. Uh, I like to do fitness. Um, and I would say, like, I am I really ride, ride the wave. Like, And being a like, co-founder and a, a CEO, like, my of a, of a growth stage company, like, my schedule's not conducive to consistent training um, and part of that is i realize i can make time to do it uh whenever i want but i basically like you know like in my order of prioritization i prioritize other things over than training uh, over training but i do a ton of like zone two rucking like i have a treadmill desk i ruck with a 50 pound pack a lot during calls um wow. during the, the zoom world that we're in and sometimes like that's my workout for the day of like hey three hours of 50 pound rucking on my treadmill <laughs> right which will crush you um but it's not like the same like i love right like um i love really high like like true hit training like mm -hmm. where it's like vomiting and then i love really long really hard things um and that's kind of where i fell into biking but i have like i bike occasionally not enough i should have biked way more this summer but i haven't been in town um but like we're doing, I'm doing a 31 mile uh, stand up paddleboard race at the end of October, which is Dude. quite scary. Uh, <laughs> and looking at the cutoffs, like you got to average like four miles an hour, which is fast, like, which is really fast. And I haven't paddled in like, four <laughs> uh, so because it's like, when do you find, when do you, I'm like, I'm just going to get really good. Like, I'm just going to be in rucking shape, which I hope translate to eight hours of paddling type of thing. Um, so anyways, I do it all like, from like CrossFit-esque hip workouts to stupid long things. Yeah. Um, and I train, uh, yeah. That's amazing. Where Where is your paddleboard um, challenge? It's uh, ch it's called the Chattajack. It's in Chattanooga on the Chattanooga River Gorge. Um, anyways, yeah. so, so it fun. could be like, I'm hoping the wind's blowing down river. So I got wind <laughs> at my back plus current, right? And it's like nice and flat. Um, yeah, like I'm a big dude and like, I need, I do not win, need wind at my face or else it makes it <laughs> infinitely harder for me. Yeah, man, dude, that's awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear how that goes. That sounds super fun. Um, yeah, I want to, yeah, before we dive into the business side, I think it'd be fun for you to kind of dive a little deeper on your, your sports background. Cause I think this stuff is so interesting, um, you know, to hear the perspective of former athletes and how they've made the transition into business and, and whatnot. But for the listeners, just to hear a little bit more of your background, do you mind sharing a little bit more about your, your time as an athlete, both, you know, in college and then your transition to the pros before stepping into, you know, business opportunities? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, coming out of high school, I was one of the top recruited high school football players. I was offensive lineman. I uh, went to a smaller school in Colorado. Um, but really was lucky to pick where I got to go to school. Uh, I, I went to, uh, Southern Cal and it was in the heyday, right? Pete, Pete Carroll. My first year was the year uh, we played Oklahoma in the orange bowl, won the national championship, uh, started, uh, started as a true freshman, um, a bunch of games on that team, but I ended up getting hurt. Um, and I ended up having two, two major surgeries post my freshman season, uh, and was kind of told I was never play football again. I missed my whole second year, uh, and then was trying to come back and end up blowing my back out and had two back surgeries my third year. So I missed my whole second and third season at SC. Um, but I ended up right graduating undergrad early, getting into grad school. It was kind of right. This great blessing in disguise. Uh, and I ended up starting for my, my, Next three years, I got a six-year of eligibility medical hardship um, at SC. I was a two-time captain and went undrafted to the NFL and ended up playing four years um, in the NFL. And I really played, you know, what I call it like a year and a half was like where I was like in the mix um, of things and did a lot of practicing the other years. Um, but I was a journeyman. Like I was, you know, somewhere on the roster if, you know, somebody got hurt or somebody, you know, got pulled mid game for play. Like I would go in and, you know, survive uh, type of thing. Uh, but to me, you know, my injuries really made me think about optimization and sure. thinking about right. Uh, health, uh, health and performance in a different measure than just like, what do you do in the weight room or what do you do on the field? It's all the things you do surround it to perform. Mm -hmm. Right. And thinking about sleep and nutrition and right. Mobility and those things before they were really cool. 
um i will say like right i was thinking about sleep you know in 2010 like they're like nobody was talking about sleep in 2010 right it was just one of those things that i realized right as i as i kept track and and did all of my things that like hey sleep and my performance are correlated very tightly um and i really prioritized that in my life um, anyway so that was kind of my football career i walked away uh, my last season was the 2013 2014 season i walked away from the game um on my own terms ish i had a really bad foot injury um and was just i was ready to be done wasn't going to come back from it I, I made a choice that i wasn't going to train to come back to it from it and uh you know jumped into jumped into finance and realized instantly it was not for for me personally and it wasn't filling the gap that sports had for me of like really high risk high stress team environment um massive amounts of accountability uh, in there so anyways from my perspective like i was trying to figure out what i want to do and i ended up you know, join an early stage biotech company, which Momentus has really morphed out of um, from there. And, you know, so I acquired a technology with my co-founder and started started uh, the underlying entity behind Momentus, which is called AmpHP. And we ended up buying, anyways, It's uh, that was kind of the journey of like entrepreneurship and early stage. And how do you think about building a team and accountability and really high stakes uh, was what drew me into this. And always been like this life optimizer really cared about this category in the space and curious and when i retired from the nfl what i realized is like it's a black hole right mm. like when when you think about performance there just wasn't a ton out there at, at that time right there weren't the the hubermans and the galpins of the world that are really you know even even the atias right that are really moving the needle um when we think about uh, optimizing optimizing our life right like what is what does lifespan look like and, and health span and, and how do we how do we maximize those two things anyways so there's this black hole and i was like like i don't know where to like I've always had, you always had this team of experts around you, like practitioners as an elite athlete. Like you had a strength coach, like one of the best strength coaches in the world, one of the best dietitians in the world, the best, you know, sports medicine, best trainer, best data scientist, right? All of these people to help you be great. And not only that, you had access to like the tip of the pointy spear people, like people doing crazy things, new technologies, like that may or may not work. And then you got like put into the right products for you, right? You got something crafted for you. And when I left, I didn't even know where to start, right? It's like, I've been taking, right? I've been training my whole life. I've been taking supplements, nutrition, right? Like been doing rehab and prehab and all of these things. And then you leave and it's like this black hole. It's like, where do I go and where do I start? And what you, what I found was like, hey, you can get information from your buddies or from Google searching. And those are both sometimes equally dangerous because they're not geared towards you. And I had a hard time figuring out like, or connecting to brands uh, that we had used in the space because they weren't right relatable to me. They're, they're like they're like ivory tower like brands, or they felt like Amgen, right? They felt pharmaceutical in in the supplement category specifically, or they were super pro science. Where it's like, yo, we were never using this stuff, right? Yeah. And and it just like was this massive gap. But also like, what I really cared about was was a little different right like i was really scared about traumatic brain injury and what does long like mm -hmm. cognitive longevity look like and i couldn't find like where do you find information on this i didn't know where to go or, or any of that anyways um and that led to what has now become momentous is like and our mission is to democratize hybrids right take that and spread knowledge access and build best of class products to serve those right uh in in this category that supplements are incredibly messy right it's it's like the charlatan of charlatans. Um, <laughs> and there's very little regulation. There's very little, um, like very, like there isn't even self-policing and there's so much consumer misinformation um, that it, 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 it was like one of those things we didn't want to be a supplement company. Um, and we weren't, we were a biotech to start. Uh, and we were like really hesitant to go into like nutrition and supplementation because it's just this wild west and it had such a bad feeling for me and then we realized like we could do it really differently and we could take a different approach and and part of that was working with the best minds right having a really curated portfolio right certifying all of our products which was incredibly valuable important to us um so anyways i think 
I think we've done, uh, yeah, it was, it just kind of led to where we are now, um, is my experience when I retired and the gaps that I saw, but also just how much opportunity and how much confusion and disarray is in supplement land, but also just, there's no barriers to entry here too, which is part of the challenge. It's like, there's like, Hey, you don't have to pass any, anything, right? Like you could say we're, Hey, we're third-party certified for what, right? <laughs> Right. Like, like that's a label on people's products, like third party certified. Right. And, and the problem is consumers because nobody's done a good job educating, understand, right. What does, what does third party certified actually mean? Who's actually the third party? Are you certifying there's not rats in your facility? Like, what are you certifying? I don't know. Right. And I think those are really important, important pieces. Uh, anyways. So. Yeah, no, that's, well, that's amazing, man. I appreciate you sharing that. It sounds like there was such a deep desire for you to one, be interested in, in optimization and in longevity and how to help athletes improve and the performance side of it. Where was kind of your first, I guess, itch of like entrepreneurship or business? Was it exposure to another entrepreneur? When did you first kind of feel that desire to go into business? It sounds like there was a lot of interest to like go do what you were going to do with supplements, but like in terms of just wanting to be a, a businessman and entrepreneur, like where was that kind of initial draw for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I didn't know, right? I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had no had no clue. Like when I was getting my master's, I was really into kind of like finance and strategy and thought I wanted to be an executive someday. But like, how do you get how do you get there? Right. Like, and how do you climb up that ladder? Um, and I was really interested in and why I kind of gravitate toward finances. It was really kind of a lone wolf job that I could do while I was playing, right? And could get super smart um on it but uh it wasn't till post post nfl when i really realized what i loved and what was really important to me and those things that i loved about being an athlete and, and trying to replicate those and those just turned into entrepreneur entrepreneurialism right and and therefore led me into a leadership role which is very very similar right of making decisions uh right leading a team setting a vision culture but like you always, you're going to make a ton of mistakes, just like you're going to get beat a lot as an athlete. Um, and a lot of the, the, the leadership slash um, accountability that you grow to be addicted to as a, as a elite athlete, like this immense sense of accountability uh, and performance um, is real. And you can easily, what I found is you can easily get lost in the fringes of big companies or in finance around those things as well. And that wasn't right. That wasn't coming for me. So it took me a while to really realize what I wanted to do. And, you know, like I'll call like I had a false start and another false start. And then I finally found my way into an early stage biotech where I was one of the first employees and right. was like part of this grind, the startup life, the, uh, you know, like decisions and accountability and, that ultimately led to spinning the technology out and creating momentous oh. what is now momentous so that's incredible and now with this this opportunity to to merge i guess is the correct term with momentous you guys were it was a merge right yes we we acquired the momentous brand and then we merged two companies together in the early days of that transition you know were there were there any specific challenges that you kind of faced obviously that's a it's a big opportunity to step into because uh, I've, I've heard you speak on this in other interviews with momentous. There was obviously a lot of opportunities. There was a lot of exciting things going on in that direction, but were there any kind of initial challenges that you had to overcome as an entrepreneur when you made that transition? Oh man. From when we, the acquisition and merger uh, of the momentous brand, I learned so much, right? Like, it, it, uh, And it was one of the hardest times in my career and and still navigating a lot of that. And I think, uh, part of it is right. We are both really small bit businesses at a time. And if you, if you look at where, right, where the company that, you know, my co-founder and I started in momentous, right. Uh, call it 27 months ago, each company, like we're 20 times the size of that now. Wow. Right. Like it, it, like not a small, small step, like what we, what we did, but it took us a while to get there. Right. So we combined the two companies and merging two businesses together that were relatively equal size. Right. And we did, right. We did an equity deal. We didn't pay cash for the business. Like we just did an equity deal. And what you find, right. Is right. Two kind of early stage companies. They both have their own little cultures and their own little 
like ways of doing things. And the mistake I believe I made was right, trying to merge things together rather than one wins, one wins. And this is like my, myself and I have an incredible co-founder um, who runs a business with me and and we both look in like, uh, we, 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 sh we needed to be more definitive, but also right, we needed to make moves. And what you realize is not everybody's fit for a ride at the same ride you're on and you can't, and by trying to please everybody, you please nobody. Mm. Um, and therefore, Right, being really definitive in where we're going and why we're doing it. What's the type of people we want on the team, and being thoughtful about that, but also like, this is who we want. They don't fit. Find somebody else. Right, and it's okay. Right, because it's a marriage between you and your your people, um, and it's got to be a mutual fit as well. Uh, and so I I would say like the merger took like a year to put the two businesses together. Right, and then we went rocket ship um you know call it kind of call it past in the past 18 months and it was this vision of what the two companies together could be which is the next leading high performance company right truly combine a really innovative technology and access into some really crazy spaces right? we've done nine department of defense contracts and that all came from the original company that I I founded, co-founded, called AmpHP. That's still our underlying entity, right? And a, a patented product, really in the bio, more like much more biotech-ish, right? And combine it with a really big category that's pretty old and stale, in our opinion, um, and really transform and start doing research and doing government contracts on nutrition and supplementation, and working with these best minds and taking a very different approach. Uh, than most people do, like standing up for what you believe in and, and really our mission to democratize high performance. And we believe why we can do that in supplement space is because it's so messy because people don't actually understand. And there's a lot of confusion. Like we can democratize, right? Something that is being done and perfected at the, the upper echelons of performance down to people like you and I who don't have access to the best minds in the world anymore or a holistic approach. Um, so anyways, yeah, that was, I guess that's, that's a bit on how we got there, but the merger was hard, right? And takes more money than you think, right? It takes longer than you think, right? Like there's really hard decisions um, in there, both like, right? Like we let go of people that were like very close friends of mine, right? Which were really hard and materially impacted friendships. Mm. Um, and that's like, I would have done a lot of things differently when it comes to people, but what I, what I do know is what we learned in that kind of 12 month period has accelerated us, right? We took really hard learnings and struggles and said, okay, now how do we fix this? How do we fix this and get better? And it's, and that's really allowed us to get to the place where we're at today. Dude, that's amazing. Congratulations on all the success you guys are having. It's, it's super, it's super inspiring. It's super fun to see from afar, just, you know, the, the brand continue to grow and, Obviously, you guys are aligned with some incredible people, which I'd love to speak on. But yeah. before we even dive into the, the partnership side of it, you talk about this rocket ship kind of growth that you've experienced over the last, you know, couple of years. Um, I would love to know more about what kind of factors or, you know, do you guys attribute to that success? And and how did you guys see that upward trend from, you know, making that transition and having all, all those difficulties and start to see it kind of come out of the come out of the hole? Yeah, I think a big thing is. Right, like you gotta find right the right custom and uh right and the right mindset. And the big shift that we made, you know, call it 18 months ago, or more than that, a little bit more than that now was let's shift away from the athlete, right? And let's shift to what we call the life optimizer, which is like this person who can is continuously seeking improvement in their life in all aspects right that are are very curious hungry for information and quality products and so what what we did was an athlete is a sub component of that life optimizer but now we can communicate to the athlete at a more holistic view right rather than like oh you need to take you know protein post workout and you need to drink this many carbohydrates or these electrolytes it's not no let's talk about sleep Let's talk about foundational health. Let's talk about cognitive function. Let's talk about athletic performance too, right? And so we took this rise up and it unlocked the mm. customer in a more meaningful way. But also this life optimizer, this athlete subcategory, right? We washed all like that has been all the people we didn't want that were not great customers that were athletes out, 
right? And now we have a, a, a better customer. So it was like finding this right customer and then us leveraging our ecosystem that we had created around expertise and bringing that to life. And so part of it was finding a better customer, leveraging our ecosystem. And I would say part that ecosystem is what's our flywheel is like be leaders in high performance. That was like how we started the business. And that's what we've kept of like, who do we want to work with? Who are we going to like allow allow to help influence product strategy, science, clinical, um, and just keep that flywheel going. And then it just spins off um, of that. And then, you know, product portfolio was incredibly helpful in terms of, uh, of what we had and like having enough breath um, to talk to this life optimizer and fill enough voids was really, really important um, in that scheme. And then obviously, right, partnering with the right people at the right time um, has been really, really impactful uh, for us as a business. Um, so. Yeah, it's so cool, man. I, I've enjoyed seeing it. And it's, it's fun to see you guys pop up, like you said, and some different categories, but obviously you still have this overarching umbrella of, you know, life optimizers, people that are taking their health seriously, people that are trying to get to that next level. From a partnership's perspective, though, you guys are working with some incredible people. Obviously, many people know that are familiar with the brand. Andrew Schieberman is a, is a large, um, you know, spokesperson for the brand and, and I'm sure is very involved. You guys have done stuff with CrossFit, obviously your background in the NFL with, with athletes. What have some of those, you know, partnerships looked like? for you guys and how they kind of helped impact growth for the business as well. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, partnerships have, has been our, has been our um, sweet spot in terms of exposure. And, you know, we have everything from uh right. We're the, the partner, like exclusive partners of, of CrossFit and, you mentioned Huberman, but we also have Stacy Sims, Andy Galpin, uh, you know, some of the best CrossFit athletes in the world, um, as well as I would say what's what, what's really interesting is we have the scientific advisory board that's made up of a lot of the really thought leaders in the space. Um, and those have been huge partnerships for us as well. Um, as we, as we think through, how do we continue to establish our credibility? But like, right, like he's an OG, but a legend in the space, Ke Dr. Kelly Starrett, um, as well. And it's, you know, it's not one, um, and it's, it's what's created this ecosystem is the group of them. Right. And then you go find, you know, I would say what we've done now is you find kind of the experts or the tastemakers in the space, and then you go find the people who live the life, right. Mm -hmm. And start working with those people right, that aren't necessarily experts, but that are influencing like large players that want to work with expert-driven brand, which is is really quite powerful. Yeah, 100%. How how important is timing with some of those things? I know you've talked about like when you, for example, when you, you and Huberman got connected or built the relationship, like he wasn't, he didn't have quite the relevance or the, I guess, the audience or platform he does now. And how how I guess my bigger question is for people that are you know starting brands and looking to make partnerships, like how important is it to like invest in something long term to see you know the potential where it could go? Yeah, I think you always got to take chances, but what you have to do is you have to spread that risk out as an entrepreneur, and you have to follow your instinct and gut sometimes as well of like where does this person go? But I do think right, uh, people are very confused. Like a partnership is not transactional in nature. Right. And it starts with the relationship and finding, uh, right. Finding where do you mesh? Right. And where do you align your missions together and making sure that happens? It's really, really important in that. Um, and then figuring out how do you actually mold something that's more impactful? And, uh, yeah, anyways, I, I think you, you gotta, you gotta, you always have partnerships, like you have partners with manufacturers and suppliers and all of that. And you have to treat them like members. They are people like, yes, there's business, there's business to be done. Um, but also everybody has different circumstances and you have to be really thoughtful and you need to go out of your way to protect and respect and build and grow those relationships. Cause at the bottom, like partnerships is built, bridge, building, bridge, bridge building, right. Which is relationships. Um, and yeah, I mean, we obviously, uh, like Huberman is a huge catalyst, uh, was a catalyst for us and, and it still is, but, what's what's right why why andrew decided to partner with us was 
because of the other people we worked with, right? Our other partnerships um, that we had. And that was, that's really powerful and speaks to right, this ecosystem of being leaders in high performance. For sure, for sure. You talk about, you know, momentous, one of the big differentiation factors you guys have in the space of supplements is one, you've got high degree quality ingredients and you're, and you're taking the scientific approach where you guys have put a lot of time and energy into making sure these products are legit and really going to help optimize. How do you get that education across to the consumer? Is it primarily through partnerships? Is it through social? Like what, what have you guys seen success in actually educating the customers so they understand the difference between a momentous supplement versus maybe another company? Yeah. I mean, that's a really great question um, overall. And I don't think we, I think we have a ton of opportunity to continue to get better. And right, we've launched a new website and it's really geared towards getting people into what we consider the four four core pillars of optimization, which are sleep, athletic performance, cognitive performance, and foundational health, right? And and really targeting those. But what uh, one of the big things is having these strong partnerships to help validate that. Sure. Because consumer, like you go to a ton of places in our category, right? Again, it's like third-party certified. A lot of people say it, but there's like the truth of the fact of like, there's only so many companies that sell into the NFL and college sports, right? And we sell into almost 200 pro and college sports teams, right? And that's because of our rigorous certification process and how we source and deem quality. It is hard um, to tell that story, but this is the areas like these long form content is really important to talk about right product quality and how we test for not only banned substances, but also we test for right label claim accuracy to ensure that, Hey, what is on the label is in the, in the, in the container. Um, incredibly important. And then how do we source and how do we source with, and I think that's a big thing for us. Um, but also I have this very strong belief that the smartest minds when it comes to supplements don't live within companies. They are practitioners, they are researchers, and they probably live within the Department of Defense doing secret school shit, right? Those are high performers. Like those are the people. And those are the people that we leverage to help say, where where are these products? What is the clinical research saying about these products, right? And what is the practicality of these products in, in, in real life as well? And so leverage an outside group of people to be the experts in, in performance, uh, you know, human performance and optimization, right? Let them help design. And then we go build, like we're the experts at building and delivering to consumers. Yeah. That's so that's so interesting. And it's like you said, I, it's funny, you know, the supplements are awesome. Like the, you know, there's obviously a lot of, there's a lot of companies that are doing good things or some that are not doing good things, but you look across the board and there's so many companies, but the fact that you guys, like you said, it's not just like a battle of who can market the product better, but like, who can have better relationships with credible people that people will trust and believe and like that in itself is, is such a strong strategy of just like building, I guess, a long-term successful business of people that really believe in what they're taking and, and understand it to the highest degree instead of just buying something just to buy it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly the, the, the goal. And I think what we have to do is create a community of champions to your point. Right? Like, right. Because, but then we have to show, post-purchase and during the customer journey of like how we're different. And we got to continue to tell that story. And I think that's what creates brand differentiation stickiness, right? Like the community that is building us up right now creates validation. Hmm. Um, and then what we have to do is we have to build a brand around that, right? And that's through education and content and stories um, that's so, so critical. Absolutely. I want to talk to you actually about like, your specific journey with supplements that you take and maybe some of the more unique products that you guys have at Momentus that maybe people don't fully know about or understand. So my first question in that realm is what supplements do you personally take um, and kind of run, run us through your, your personal kind of setup of, of products? Yeah, I think, uh, right. This is where I think it's really like, what is the vision is like, how do we get people in the right products at the right time for them? Right. Because my belief is getting people in the right products at the right time will create a much bigger impact in their life and also create less distraction. So with that, I go to what is the most important thing for me, right? Or what is like, what do I think is the most, the area I need the most focus on to optimize my life? It's all around cognitive performance and cognitive longevity, right? I hit my head for a living. 
in a, in my past life. I'm scared of of you know CTE, TBI, right? All of these things and what are the long term implications? So, right, I go and I start there. What is the right? And then you go. What is the most important thing to optimization and brain health? Sleep, right? Right. You could say that about everything you want to do. You want to perform better in the gym, sleep. You want to perform better job, sleep. Right. Always goes back, back, back to sleep. Um, and so I, I think about what do I do uh, from a sleep perspective? Right. I religiously take methionine, epigenin, L-theanine. We have a product that's called Sleep Pack. Individually combines all three of those ingredients in the right, in the right doses. Um, right. And right, non-habit forming natural ingredients really important when we think about right helping downregulate the body for sleep. So getting to sleep, right. And then increasing the quality of sleep and relaxation as well during that really, really important. Anyways. So it starts with sleep. I think everything kind of starts with sleep. Sleep is the foundational, uh, foundational element to, to wellness and optimization. But then for me, what are the two things that have the biggest impact on long-term brain health? Creatine and omega-3s. And I religiously take creatine omega-3s. There's now, right. Uh, 10 plus thousand clinical research um, papers that are on creatine and omegas for brain health. Um, and most people don't think about creatine for brain health, brain health, but it's now one of the most well-studied things and we understand its impact in brain health. So low doses of creatine are really, really important, five grams a day um, type of thing. And when you talk to all of our experts, right, I would say the consensus is every human being should take creatine and omegas. And what's really interesting about both of those is I feel like they're very different. Creatine, creatine monohydrate is, is a pure commodity almost, right? Like it is non, not differentiated very highly in the space. What you want to find is 100% creatine monohydrate, right? That is what it is. You want to find it from a reputable source. Uh, like we obviously carry it, but it's not an expensive product, right? Like it's like $36 for a 90-day supply, which is nothing compared to every other supplement on the market. Uh and the impact that it has. But then, then you think about omegas and the difference of omega quality is massive in this, in the market, like, like, like Grand Canyon, massive gaps, <laughs> um, because omega threes are not all created equal where you source them from really matters. When you think about fish, right. Heavy metals, right. And where are you, where are you getting them from? Right. Is it a sustainable fishery? Do you care about that? Right. Like that's important. Um, but also the amount of EPA and DHA, right. Though the amount of EPA and DHA are actually what's super, super critical in, in, in these products. And what you find is very few of them have an efficacious, efficacious amount, um, in there. And what we're talking about is like a gram and a half or more of those two things combined. Um, DHA is, is a major fat in our brain. Um, right. 40% of our brain is fat, roughly call it somewhere in there. Right. And then DHA is one of the main, main fats. And so it's really important when we think about brain health, um, in there. And, and so the quality of omegas is very different. Like fish oil is not omega, right. Um, and you could say, hey, we have this omega and it could have a gram of fish oil and 250 milligrams of omega-3s. And I think what people don't realize is the cost difference is huge. Like it's $12 at a big box store for 120 pills or it's $36 or $40 for a 30-day supply of really high quality. And you get what you pay for with omegas, hard stop. Um, anyways, so I would say sleep and cognitive, right, go to other thing um, that, right, right, when I think about kind of like powders, right, I'm pretty, uh, pretty dialed on protein, right? I'm of the belief that one gram, uh, one gram per pound is, is how much protein uh, one should take. Um, and I know that's a lot, uh, but active, very active, right? Protein is a macro building block of our body. Um, anyway, so just super interesting there. So I consume a lot of protein um, throughout the day and impossible to do it from all whole foods. It's not impossible, just takes way more work. So I, I regularly consume our whey protein isolate um, and isolate's the gold standard in, in whey protein. Um, whey protein concentrate, et cetera, but whey protein and isolate is the most purified um, and most heavily filtered uh, on there. And then I will, and then I do take, um, uh, Tongan, Fidoja for hormone support for testosterone support. And I would say those are the two products in our portfolio that are, uh, right, 
are products at the pace of discovery. Like there's early data around them, not awesome data. Tongat has better data than Fedoja. Fedoja has very, very early data, right? Like rat, like rat mouse study data right now, that's very, very compelling. But when you talk to the experts in the space, Fedoja has could have some really in, in interesting impacts in like freeing or helping produce more testosterone naturally. And then Tongat is all around the cascading effect of what, what creates, right? Uh, what creates or uh, a free testosterone in the body. Um, anyways, both both natural or herbal um, herbal things, but uh, those are two, and I personally have seen an impact, and I know there's a lot of other people that, that can say the same thing, and it might not work for others, um, but uh, Tonga and Fedoja are kind of the two most unique things in our portfolio. They, not the two most. They are the two most unique things in our portfolio. Fedoja is the product that um, has our earliest data that, you know, we shall find out what the what the data continues to say over the next three to five years. But that's part of this, right? Products at the pace of discovery, like being expert expert led of, hey, this is showing really interesting, compelling evidence uh, behind it. Let's let's see what what it can do. Um, and I'd say that that's consistently my my stack uh when when you look at it um and then i would say the other thing i take pretty religiously is collagen um mm-hmm. and the research around collagen for me is all around connective tissue health, joints ligaments tendons um and the best way i've heard describe collagen versus protein right so protein fuels is amino is right is a complex amino acid strands that fuels your muscles so you think of your calf right fuels your calf collagen is your Achilles tendon, right? Is the nutrients your Achilles tendon needs to be strong and healthy Um, because collagen is the building block of connective tissue health, right? And the research suggests that collagen has has an impact on connective tissue health. And as we age, right? And right, uh, continuing to be active, like connective tissue health fails and and, and our diets, our modern diets, we don't consume collagen, right? Like like we evolved, but also we, we just don't, based upon how we live and train, et cetera, um, and so collagen is a really important building block for me, especially given the, the amount of miles I put on my, on my wheels. Um, but I think for everybody as they age and want to continue to stay active and healthy, collagen is an important one, just as pro, just as a whey protein is right. Whey protein fuels your muscles, collagen fuels your tendons, right? Calf versus Achilles, right. Needs different things to be, uh, to be optimal. I really appreciate you going to the depth of each of those products because I think it's so interesting. And I, my hope for, you know, part of the reason we do this podcast is one to bring on incredible people, but to also give some exposure to things that people maybe don't, you know, get to hear every day or fully they don't understand. And so for to have someone like you who's super credible to speak on these things, kind of elaborate on these products, I think is really, really um, powerful. And I appreciate you doing that. One of the products I want to highlight because I think it's pretty relevant right now or at least it seems to be, is creatine. You talk about it being one of the most studied supplements, um, you know, in in the whole category. Why do you think there's such, there's still like, I feel like there's still this tension around the product. And even on the, you know, the gender side of it, I feel like there's a lot of females that maybe say, I don't think I should be taking creatine. Like, can you kind of just, I guess, debunk some of those myths and, and maybe explain why why there's that yeah. there's stigma? I have no idea. I mean, I know why the, the, the stigma is based upon, right, the early 90s. And it's an incredible product for gaining lean muscle mass, right, and mass in general, taken in high doses. And that's where the market was made, right? And so everybody associates creatine with bodybuilding or big bulky males, right? And, right, my story, the female audience, like, doesn't want doesn't want to get incredibly muscle bound um, and they don't want to gain weight, right? They want to be strong and lean and fit, um, but they don't associate that with creatine, right? So creatine has this like pre-workout stigma, meathead, et cetera. And the tide's turning on it, but it takes a long time. Like they've known for a long time, these benefits of creatine, but it's just now getting out there. And it, and it has to do with, right? Some of these thought leaders in the space now more talk, more openly talking about, Right, the importance of creatine and, and how it can impact uh, impact people in their lives. So I don't know. I uh, I'm really excited about helping champion championing creatine and the category of creatine because I think it is very impactful here, like incredibly impactful if done right um, here. And so right, it just 
people have something in their mind and it's there. And right, all it takes is a couple of people talking and it just keeps that little, right, misnomer going. Um, but it's up to us to have a better, uh, right, have right, have conversations about the role of creatine in brain health and the importance of it. And right, microdosing is not the same as loading for muscle mass. For sure. No, that makes a ton of sense. As you've been in this space and you're, I'm sure, just thinking long-term of where this is headed, like where do you see personally, see the, the supplement industry going? Like what direction is it going? And and how do you think it's going to impact the consumer as well? Like you, you, you speak on the new products that you guys are, you know, really excited about in your portfolio that are maybe getting that early stage of research, but like, where do you see the overall industry going and what direction? I actually don't know where the industry is going. I mean, I have some thoughts and I actually don't think, um, right. Like it's going highly personalized, right. Or trying to, and I actually don't believe that's the right approach. Um, right. I think what needs to happen is tailored approaches to meet the goals and needs of people. Right. Um, like vitamin D is a great example. Hey, you get some blood work and here's some vitamin D, you know, like you take 5,500 IUs and I take 5,200 IUs. It's the same. It's a rounding error, right? And we don't have the clinical data to suggest that those 300 different IUs make a difference. Um, but also what's most important, I think, to get consumer sticky is not your blood work says you need vitamin D. It's no, you care about performing on a day-to-day -day basis. And then like you have an athletic event, let's say, the number one reason people miss training days is due to illness, right? And immune health. Vitamin D is critical to immune health. Boom. Therefore, you can achieve your, like, how do you relate what you're doing back to what, what you ladder up to your goals? I think that's really important. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not as bullish on true personalized uh, supplements. I think it's really hard to scale. And I think we don't understand what's the minute differences um, of, you know, a gram versus a gram, a gram, 1.1 gram, right? And is that surrounding errors or not in terms of data or what the data will show? I, uh, I do believe the industry is going to get uh, more regulated. And by that, I think either it's going to be self-policing or consumers are going to start weeding out the bad eggs. Right. And it's going to right the the cream, the cream is going to rise um, in this one because it has done it in every other space kind of besides ours. Um, and what this huge trend of optimization and wellness that's happening. Right. Like it's only going to raise the bar and raise the bar. And either you're going to choose to invest in the, the right certifications and the right uh, the right things or you're going to you're going to fall behind um on this one so anyways uh i think uh, i think that's that's really there and where, where i want to take this is how do we get people in the right products at the right time right and it's also just giving them the tools like what's most important to you asking those questions and like write those things down right and then here are the things here are the behaviors i can do here is the nutrition i can take here is the supplements that could work right focus on that goal right but don't go beyond it because supplement space also our our industry and category right is here's this try that try this try that right like all of this and so it's like hey doug take your 12 things and then you don't even remember why you're taking half of them for sure right and if i'm, I'm like why do you take what you take and you don't really know it's not sticky it's not a habit it's not important it's really easy to lose that Right. And so are you better off taking like three or four things consistently and dedicating to that and mastering that and then adding something in a year? A hundred percent. Right. Because like anything, supplements are bone crushing consistency. Right. If you do them for three weeks, cool. Not going to like, cool. I trained for three weeks. I'm ready to go for life. No. Right. It is a lifestyle and choice that you make and over long periods of time is when you see the benefits, right? Getting enough protein today is great. But if you don't do that 29, the 29 other days of this month, it doesn't matter, sure. right? Like, it's just like, like, or if you eat healthy once a month, that's not enough to be, anyways, it's, to me, it's just getting people in the right products for them and like 
cutting the BS, right? And making sure people understand is really important. I think it's a huge, huge goal and a challenge of ours, um, but it's important for us to do in the in this space. Dude, I love that, man. That's so that's so strong. What are you most excited about with Momentus moving forward as we wrap up this episode? Like the future is bright for you guys. Obviously, there's an amazing trajectory you're on. You have incredible partners that are very relevant, that are very credible. What are you personally most excited about as, you know, being in the in the leadership position with this brand, where it's headed? Yeah, to me, it goes back to our, our mission to democratize high performance. And I believe we have, there, there are two things that we really want to push the rock up the big hill. Right. And the first one is on traumatic brain injury and connect and, and, and long-term cognitive health. Right. And bringing to light some of what that means. And the second is female performance and optimization and understanding there are huge gaps in the research right now and, and being advocates for those two things. I think those are two big categories, right. That are immensely impactful. And if, and if we can help push those rocks up from an advocacy perspective up the hill, we can make some real change in this world. And so I'm really excited about that. And then kind of from the consumer angle, I'm really excited to continue to partner with the consumer and get tighter and tighter with our customer, right? And help get them into the right products. And that means us getting more great, rich content out there, sharing more stories, right? And creating better uh better journeys for consumers to flow on and understand why they're taking what they're taking. What is the research saying? How is the research evolving in those things? I'm really excited to see how we can build that out um, as a business. Exciting, man. It's a lot of awesome stuff. It sounds super fun. And yeah, I just want to thank you again for coming on the show today. It's been, it's been awesome having you, Jeff, and really excited for Momentus and all you guys are working on. So thank you for coming on the show. This has been super fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, Doug. Likewise. Thank you guys so much for listening to another great episode of the AIM podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. And if you found value in it, I ask that you kindly share this with a friend. We want to continue to grow this community and help more and more people every single day. If you have any questions for me, if I can ever help you anyway, please reach out to me at Doug Elks on all social. I'd be happy to help you out. Let's get after this week. Let's crush it. And as always, keep ambition in mind.